The internet has changed the way we buy and the way we access information. But in financial services, we've not changed the way we sell or how we provide information. And competition from an advisor perspective is just a click away. And depending how they're licensed, they might be able to license and provide services throughout the United States even. It's so critical to have a decent digital footprint and understand the power of Google. Welcome to Better Conversations, Better Outcomes, presented by BMO Global Asset Management. I'm Ben Jones. And I'm Matt Smith. In each episode, we'll explore topics relevant to today's trusted advisors, interviewing experts and investigating the world of wealth advising from every angle. We'll also provide actionable ideas designed to improve outcomes for advisors and their clients. To learn more, visit us at bmogam.com forward slash better conversations. Thanks for joining us. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Global Asset Management, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. The internet and social media have drastically transformed how many businesses operate over the last decade, and financial advisors are no exception. The world is connected like never before, and that creates many opportunities for advisors, but also some challenges as well. Our topic today is social media how to use it effectively as a financial advisor, why employing social media strategy is important, and some mistakes to avoid before you send out that first tweet. We start with the concepts of social media and how to set goals for your strategy. Then we dive into the details with tools, tips, and techniques that you can use today to make a greater impact on social networks. Our guest for this episode is Sherry Fitz, the founder and CEO of Shoe Fitz Marketing. Sherry's a widely recognized speaker and influencer in the financial industry, as well as the author of a recent book, Deconstructing Digital, Simple Ways to Connect with Your Next Generation Financial Clients. I had the opportunity to chat with Sherry over Skype while she was at her firm's headquarters in Portland, Oregon. I'm very interested in helping clients understand, one, what they want to be when they grow up, so their brand matches that. And then from a strategy perspective, that's what my job is, is to look at where they are now, where they want to be, and what I believe they should do to get there. I was thinking about this when I was preparing for the interview, and I think people who know me pretty well will giggle quite a bit at the idea of me conducting an interview on the topic of social media. I'm a bit of a neophyte around these tools, and so this is going to be as much of a learning experience for myself as, as it is for our audience. Actually, I think you're in a perfect position and because you're coming at it from a place of curiosity. And I really do think that that will serve your audience besides you. So I'm glad that you don't know much. I think that's perfect. <laughs> Before we dive into the topic of social media, social selling and, and social strategies for financial advisors, could you just uh, provide us a little bit of your backstory and some of the inspiration around Shoe Fits Marketing? Sure. I've been in financial services actually for more than 25 years now. I started actually as a graphic designer for a very large RIA firm here in Portland, Oregon. And my role quickly evolved from a designer to selling the products that I designed. And those products were participant education and communication materials. So specifically for participants in 401k plans. And I made the very, very intentional decision to leave corporate America. On November 1st, 2012, I gave my notice. And December 1st, 
2012, I started Shoe Fits Marketing. And uh, specifically, I do a lot of speaking and training on the intersection of marketing and branding and digital in the financial services world. And I say digital instead of social because really this idea of social is much broader than I think how advisors think about it. Uh, And it's been really fabulous. It's been a great learning experience and I get to go to great places. I was in Austin and Calgary and Boston and Vegas. And I'm coming to visit your neck of the woods, Salt Lake City next week. Oh, fantastic. I love to travel. I love to speak and I love to inspire people to kind of start to look at their marketing and branding and digital differently. You fast forward now to today, several years later, you're a sought after speaker on the topic of social media as well as digital topics. And you recently wrote a book um, targeted to the financial advisors and financial community called Deconstructing Digital. For our audience, could you kind of break down the social media platforms that are most important to advisors? Sure thing. I think, so So the book Deconstructing Digital, by the way, kind of is a little primer on the whole world of digital. It's not really how to, it's more the theory behind it and what they might do from a strategy perspective. And when I present the platforms in that particular book, I go in this order, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. And when I do quite a bit of training around the world of kind of social selling, I specifically focus on LinkedIn And from an advisor's perspective, I think that LinkedIn is a great place to start, particularly right now, because LinkedIn was just purchased by Microsoft, as we know. LinkedIn is really working to kind of grow their platform and get people to stick and stay on LinkedIn. So it's easy to to get traction and to get eyeballs if you do some very simple things. So I always start with LinkedIn. And then I go to Twitter and Twitter is a tsunami and it requires a completely different mindset and quite a bit of activity. And I know advisors who have rocked Twitter to develop a really broad following and large practices. And then finally, I go to Facebook. We'll spend this episode talking about the three social networks that are most important to advisors, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You may have experience in one or all of these platforms, but I'm sure you'll find some new information about best practices, how to archive your social posts, and which platform you should focus on. First, Sherry talks about how advisors should think about social media, social selling, and digital marketing related to their practice. Well, let's start with a simple thing that changed the way we live and changed the way we buy. And that would be Google. And in our world of financial services, there's something interesting. We have not changed the way we sell. And specifically, this idea of um, price or performance, definitely those are commodities now. But proximity is really going to be a, a commodity as far as I'm concerned moving forward Michael Kitsis says this, the world is flat. I mean, he's quoting another book, but, but it's very, very true that your competition from an advisor perspective is just a click away. It's so critical to have a decent digital footprint and understand the power of Google 
that's that's the issue I think is that advisors say, well, I've gotten all my business from referrals before and I am all for organic growth, but into the future, how are you going to do intentional growth? What's your practice going to look like? Who are you going to appeal to? And how are you going to appeal to them? People make judgments about your business based upon your website in less than a blink of an eye. And I guess one homework assignment I would give to your listeners, Ben, is to have them look at their Google Analytics and see their bounce rate. Because it could be that people are referred to you and you have no idea because they come to your website and go, well, this isn't the person for me or this website is really old school. This person must be old school, whatever. Right. So that Google's changed the way we kind of look for information and the Internet's changed the way we buy and consume information and in financial services an intentional effort on digital is a critical part of the marketing mix, I would say. Intentional growth is the name of the game if you want to take your advising practice to the next level. So how do you start? What's the end game? Is it really worth the time investment? Before we go further, we want to emphasize that you do need to be compliant with rules, regulations, and your firm's guidelines. But many broker-dealers allow advisors to be active on social media as long as they archive their posts. Many advisors start out thinking that social media might just take away valuable time for little return. So what is the ROI? When I start talking about this idea of social, the very first thing I want to understand is who's your ideal client or as Seth Godin says, who's your tribe? I want to know specifically who you want to reach and what worries them, what gets them jazzed about their day-to-day work. I mean, I want to know that kind of stuff. And the reason why I want to know that kind of stuff is because that is what informs your activity on these various platforms. Imagine that an an advisory firm that serves parents of special needs children might be completely different online than an advisory firm that serves millennial business owners. What those two tribes worry about is completely different. So I always ask advisors to get super clear on who their tribe is. That's the first thing. The next thing is I need your website to be a place where we can capture people. I need your website to load quickly. I need it to have some kind of avenue for people to contact you easily, sign up for your newsletter easily. Possibly you might even have some kind of value add that you give away. I need your website to help capture people. And the reason why I want your website to do that is because your website is owned property. Your website and your email list are owned property. And LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, those are all rented properties. So I don't want you to build your business on rented properties. You can use them to build expertise and build brand awareness, but I want you to pull people off of those social platforms and onto your website. So I would go first, get clear on who you serve and why you serve them and what's important to them. And then next, I want you to have a website. And on your website, I want you to have valuable, meaningful, relevant, ongoing content. Your website is not a brochure anymore. It's a critical component of your sales team. 
and then go out and play in the social space and pull people back to that content that you've got on your site. So now you understand why you need social as a tool in your marketing toolbox. But what are the components of a successful social media strategy? Well, we're going to dive deeper into that with Sherry next. But first, Sherry and I had the opportunity to discuss a broad set of digital topics. And there were many specific digital tools that she brought up during our conversation. So I wanted to make sure and share some of those highlights with you. The first is Google Analytics. It's a free tool you can use to gain insights into data about your website visitors. Next, Buffer. It's a web application that you can use to schedule out your social media posts over the course of, say, a week. Hearsay and Socialware are two other services you can use to stay compliant with social media requirements in the financial services industry. They can archive your posts or schedule out approved content over the week. I should note that we'll put the links to all of these in the show notes at bmogam.com forward slash better conversations. Feedly and Flipbook are services you can use to create personalized news feeds from which you can find curated content for your social posts. And finally, Buzzsumo is a website where you can search for the most shared articles in your industry. Now, I know it just sounded like a brain dump and I threw a lot out there, so be sure to check out the show notes where you can look further into these tools. I should note that I have adopted some of these tools since the discussion and have found them quite helpful. Now, back to the components of a successful strategy. There's a few things. One, I think that, think about it uh, broken down into three buckets. Create content, curate content, and connect with people. So those are the three buckets that I see that social does. Creating content. If you go to my website, there are blogs, there are podcasts, there are webinars. I don't call them webinars, by the way, because that makes everybody want to fall asleep. I call them Digital Institute broadcasts, okay? So I've got content going on on my website, and that, that content is free and clear and in front, and you can validate my expertise. That's created content. Then what I do with that is I share that. I share that on LinkedIn. I share that on Twitter. I invite people to my I, – I bring you to my site and invite you into my home or my business. That's my website. So that's creating content and you need to create original content that speaks to your expertise in your tribe because you're, you're, it's social validation. And then the next thing is curating content. And I talked a little bit about Feedly. That's other people's content that's valuable that you might have an opinion on or you may disagree with or you may think, wow, isn't this interesting? What happens if we took this idea from the banking industry and how might we apply it to the investing industry. And what's my opinion on that? So curating content is not just sharing something, you know, pushing the share button, because that's just adding to the noise. If you if you push the share button, tell me why to read it more. I want to know why you think this is valuable. And then last, which this is interesting, Ben, this is uh, one of the things that I'm working on doing and shifting my Twitter strategy. And to be honest, I haven't gotten there. But connecting so I am viewing Twitter for me, for my business, as a broadcast channel, but also specifically as a way for me to connect with journalists and influencers. So I'm connecting, meaning I am reading their content, I'm talking about their content, but I'm also bringing them into the conversation. Our advisors, uh, they've got their strategy, they start creating, curating, uh, and connecting as, as part of their social media strategy. Talk to me a little bit about the resourcing and time commitment required to do social right 
And I think this is something that scares off a lot of people. What is the time commitment to do it right, not just do it? Let's just talk about LinkedIn for a second because I want to give give advisors permission to just get an optimized LinkedIn profile and focus on intentionally connecting and building their network. And even with that information, using the advanced search function, thinking about your net, thinking about the connections within connections, because you can start to see who's connected to whom. Those, that functionality of LinkedIn does not require that you show up and do chit chat. So focus on the fish on the hook. Who are you meeting with tomorrow? What might you learn from their LinkedIn profile? Who do you know who knows them? Who do they know who, who knows you? Or start looking at your existing best clients and look into their Rolodex, your best clients Rolodex. So all of that can happen on LinkedIn and you can do that just as you would prepare for your day. You can do that in 10 to 15 minutes. Then if, if you want to go beyond that, Certainly Buffer helps you kind of scale that a little bit from a sharing perspective and from a curating perspective. There's certainly the need to write and create new content. And um, so that, that would take time. But it's too bad. You know what I'm going to do? I, ben, one of the things that I did was as an example of taking people off of a, a rented platform, because as an example, this podcast is rented. It, it's your space, not mine. I don't own it. And so I created a webpage at shoefits.com slash BMO. So BMO, shoefits.com slash BMO. And on that particular webpage, I give you an example of how I'm pulling you off of a social sphere, rented property, and I'm moving you on to my own property, which is a newsletter. One of the things I'll do on that particular page is I will also put my LinkedIn homework, which is what to do every day, every week and every year that people can download. So I'll... I'll jump on over there after we get done recording and put that on there. Social can suck up a lot of your time, but in a strategic way, focusing on the fish on the hook first, and then focusing on your tribe and intentional connections, you can get a lot of social done in 35, 45 minutes a day. And so that's a lot of tools. I know also um, uh, you've offered for our audience to give them your hundred tips to uh, social selling success. And so, Again, we'll put that link in the show notes, but um, that's that's some great tools for those advisors that are considering or considering revamping their current approach to social. And, you know, and it's true. I created this particular page and it, it's the place where you download those hundred tips. And I did it. And when you when you read read my read my book, Ben, I talk about this idea of a lead magnet. So what I'm doing is I'm tossing out to your community this very, this valuable, very desirable, helpful resource. And before you get your hands on it, I'm asking for your email address and your name and a little bit more about you. I, there's tons of free resources all over my website. You can put it all together and you could actually read my book, right? But I've consolidated them all and then it's in a book, but, but I have something called the lead magnet. What I'm doing is now that you're on my website, I want to convert you from a suspect to a prospect. And how I do that is put you into my newsletter list and do some email marketing, which by the way, email marketing for every dollar spent email marketing, there's a $38 return. Wow. That's, I, I was not familiar with that stat, but yeah, so you, big ROI on email marketing. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see advisors making with social? And then 
maybe you could share with us one of your big mistakes. Oh, goody. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so first, I think the big mistake that advisors make in social is they forget that people could give a rat's behind reading something that says fourth quarter economic forecast that or new blog. So advisors forget that there is power in headlines. I have a good, I have another good tool to throw out. There's something called co-schedule headline analyzer, co-schedule headline analyzer. And you can take what you think your subject line is going to be for your curated content or your email newsletter or an article that you're writing or whatever Plop that into the co-schedule headline analyzer and you'll get a grade. Okay. And so it's green, red type of thing. And what that does to me, I think, is advisors tend to think that people want to read it about target date funds or, or, or about, who knows, about a specific product. People don't want to read about products. They want to read about how does that particular product kind of fit into my life, into what I worry about. Let's go back to the families with special needs children. How does an advisor consult and consider those particular strategies that those families need to navigate? There's the value that there's, you need to share your smarts. You need to, you need to give away value. And that's, as an example, in my newsletters, people love getting my newsletters because all I'm doing is dumping value dump in value. And you know, it, it builds expertise. You know, uh, it's, it's so funny you say that. I, um, I, I think, you know, if you think of it from the client's eyes and we had a, uh, Matt Smith, my co-host on earlier this year, talking about investor archetypes. Um, one of the reasons they're hiring an advisor is because they don't want to read financial journals and, you know, white papers on, you know, uh, glide path methodologies. I mean, that's, that's what they're looking to the advisor to do. And so, just because we, and I, I consider myself a bit of a, an investment nerd as well, like to read things like that doesn't necessarily mean that our tribe or our audience also shares that same passion. Think about this particular podcast. So first off, we've talked about this beforehand, but I am thrilled that you're doing a podcast. I am thrilled. I'm a fan of podcasts. I listen to podcasts. I have a podcast and there's nothing better than people opting in to listen to value for an hour, listen to you in their ears for an hour. People see me. I do not know who they are and they have a deep relationship with me. So podcasting, I am bullish on podcasting and Ben, it's an example of sharing your smarts. You're doing exactly what you should be doing in the social sphere. You're creating content that has value and you're, you're bringing it to people and therefore you get, you get, um, you know, a butterfly effect or, 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 or whatever that you're saying here's here, Ms. Mr. Advisor, this is value that, that we're curating for you so that you don't have to. And therefore you're building expertise in their eyes. Yeah. It's been really interesting. The connection you create with audience. I've been so, you know, humbled and, and uh, flattered by the number of people that have been willing to just randomly reach out to myself and our co-host Matt and just share their feedback and their thoughts uh, as well as, you know, suggestions for topics and guests. It's, it's really quite amazing. uh, You know, how willing people are to, you know, help and engage. When they're with you, they are with you. And when you're clear about who your tribe is and providing value, I know I'm repeating myself, but still I will. 
when you're clear about who your tribe is and you bring them value, they will be with you. So, so I, the mistake I see with advisors is they create content that speaks to the geek in them and not to the human being in their tribe. You know, one thing I, I do want to touch on just real quick is this concept of engagement. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of people who have considered or there are tools that allow them to outsource their social media strategy. There's firms. I even think maybe your firm at times has, has helped advisors uh, with, with that as well, um, or at least taught them through your, your boot camps for social advisors. But talk to me a little bit about can you outsource your social media strategy effectively or does it have to be done by you personally so that it's authentic to you? I think that you can outsource it. I think that there's two pieces that you can outsource. You can outsource the creating of original content and the curating of other people's content. What will be critical is, is that the individual that you work with, the first questions I want them to start asking you is why, why are you doing this? Why do you, why do you want to help? Why you, Simon Sinek start with why I want them to start asking who's your tribe if they just immediately start saying, what kind of content do you want to share? I'd like you to find somebody else. I want them to understand your tribe. I want them to understand your voice. So you can, yes, you can outsource creating and, and um, curating. But don't think that there is a way for you to outsource connecting. You wouldn't send an intern to your best client. So there is some lifting that an advisor would need to do. But if you've got a crew or a team that helps you with the first two, then the last one is super simple and easy. And back to that whole kind of fish on the hook type of thing. So I do think that it's, it's, it's outsourceable. Um, I've never, we've never really done at Shoe Fits, we've created content, but we've never curated content or connected for people. And now what I do is I just act as a social coach. So I'll sit down and spend three hours with an advisor and go through much like the conversation that we have that we're having together. But you, there are good firms out there that will help you with those first two. The last one is tougher. The connecting, I want advisors to do that themselves. Now we create a strategy for our social media that includes something from each of the three buckets. Create content, curate content, and connect with people. Again, you'll find all the resources mentioned in this podcast on the show notes page or at shoefits.com slash BMO. Now we dive into what you should be doing on social media on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. So I think, let's start backwards, monthly. I want you to write a fresh, relevant blog post once a month, 350 words minimum. Super simple. I have a building your blogging muscle broadcast on my website if you need help figuring that out. But I want you to write valuable content, and I want that on your website. Then I want you to copy and paste it onto LinkedIn. It's the only place I'll let you duplicate content. So copy and paste it as a long post on LinkedIn once a month. Then from a weekly perspective, I want you to start to look at the fish on the hook. Who are you meeting with next week or the week after? If you're traveling someplace, as an example, I am working to kind of book a East Coast sales extravaganza. So I'm looking at who do I know in New York or who do I know in Boston and how might I want to meet with them? So I use that advanced search function, but I'm focusing on the fish on the hook. I want to talk a little bit about this. And, and, and so this is maybe a, a little bit of a touchy feely question, but you know, when an advisor gets their comprehensive marketing strategy and they get this social pillar, right? What does it feel like? 
How do they know they got it right? People tell me that they see me everywhere, that people call me. I have had people call me to speak at their conference and they have said, they've said to me, I've been stalking you for years. Now, granted, that's kind of a weird thing, but I don't mind. I'm in marketing. That's what marketing does. Marketing sweeps the path for sales. So those initial conversations should be easier. They should be more personal because of your social work. So it softens the beachhead. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, if you could put a warning label kind of on the advice you've provided and, and the tips you've provided today, what would it say? If you're not going to do this, don't do it. Don't get started. Don't set up a platform and then not do anything. Do not be inconsistent. It's better not to have a presence than to have an inconsistent presence. The last thing I want to do is go to a website that the last update was like June 12th, 2013. To me, that reads inconsistent. And inconsistency is one of the worst things that you can communicate about your business. And so uh, final question, uh, where can our audience follow you and your work? I know you've, uh, you've mentioned shoefits.com forward slash BMO, but where are the other places they can uh, follow your work? You can find me on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at Miss So that's M-I-S-S-F-I-T-T-S. That's what you get when you're an early adopter. Great handles, Miss It fits perfectly. <laughs> And then on LinkedIn, obviously, linkedin.com slash in slash Sherry Fitz. It's S-H-E-R-I-F-I-T-T-S. And if you just Google my name, you'll find me. Fantastic. Well, my guest today has been Sherry Fitz from Shoe Fitz Marketing. Thanks for joining the show. It was fabulous. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. Let's go back to the beginning. Maybe you're doing business through referrals, or maybe you're even happy with how your business is growing organically. But if you want to make your business grow intentionally, a strategic digital marketing and social media strategy can, as Sherry puts it, sweep the path for sales, soften the beachhead, and make those conversations easier, or dare I say, better. Thank you for listening to this episode of Better Conversations, Better Outcomes. And thanks to Sherry Fitz for her time and the immense amount of resources she provided in this episode. You can find a link to Sherry's example site to sign up for her free cheat sheets in the show notes for this episode at bemogam.com slash betterconversations. There you will also find links to all the tools Sherry mentioned. Join the conversation. Let us know what you do to create your social media strategies by emailing us at betterconversations at bemo.com. Thanks to our production team at BMO, which includes Pat Bordak, Gail Gibson, and Matt Perry. And thanks to the team at Freedom Podcasting, especially Jonah Gile Newfield and Annie Fassler. Thanks for listening to Better Conversations, Better Outcomes. This podcast is presented by BMO Global Asset Management. To learn more about what BMO can do for you, go to bmogam.com forward slash better conversations. We hope you found something of value in today's episode. And if you did, we encourage you to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And of course, the greatest compliment of all is if you tell your friends and coworkers to tune in. Until next time, I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Ben Jones from all of us at BMO Global Asset Management, hoping you have a productive and wonderful week.
The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Global Asset Management, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. This is not intended to serve as a complete analysis of every material fact regarding any company, industry, or security. This presentation may contain forward-looking statements. Investors are cautioned not to place undue reliance on such statements as actual results could vary. This presentation is for general information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice and is not intended as an endorsement of any specific investment product or service. Individual investors should consult with an investment professional about their personal situation. Past performance is not indicative of future results. BMO Asset Management Corp. is the investment advisor to the BMO Funds. BMO Investment Distributors LLC is the distributor. Member FINRA SIPC. BMO Asset Management Corp. and BMO Investment Distributors are affiliated companies. Further information can be found at www.bmo.com.